problem with the Adams Family movie is if you watch it today, the stunt doubles are so clearly obvious when they do the mamushka. Mm-hmm. That's they the are. problem with it. Like that's, it's that's the problem. Horrifically, like as a kid, the mamushka was a you know classic scene in the Adams Family movie. But you watch it today on iDef TV, it's so painfully obvious that almost all of it is, uh, you know, two stunt doubles. I mean, obviously, it always was, but... But now it's inescapable. Yeah, just fully exposed. Like, it's so clearly not... uh, What's it, Christopher Lloyd and... Is it Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd and Raul Julia. Raul Julia, yeah. It's so obviously not them. No, that, it, it uh, really is a it, shame. Yes, and and that that element is enough to drag down what is otherwise a stellar motion picture. Oh yes, yes, yes. I mean, completely destroys it. You know, it's 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 like knowing that a movie has a twist and knowing what that twist is. You can't watch it and appreciate the subtle ways that they made the film to build up to that twist any longer because you know the twist exists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was reminded yeah. of that because apparently in one point in Hitman Agent 47, you can clearly see a stunt double. I didn't notice. I wasn't really watching the film, but um, <laughs> that was reminded of that. Uh, yeah, this is a film I've watched. Yeah, it, it's a film that tr- I think... Yeah. Hello, by the way. Welcome to the spin-off Doctors slash Movie Boys, whatever you want to call it. I'm Jim Sterling, and I'm with Conrad Zimmerman. Hello, Conrad Zimmerman. Hello, Jim Sterling. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hitman Agent 47 was definitely a movie, and I, it was a movie that I think tried to be a few different movies at various points throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely the Terminator at some point. Oh, you you picked up on that. You, you <laughs> noticed that bit. at one point it became the Terminator. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, the Matrix as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it, it according to Amazon X-Ray, which was actually playing in real time again, um, they must have they must clearly listen to this show. They heard our demands. Heard our demands for it to run in real time. Although I didn't note down any of the facts. Mostly that they keep getting the fact that Singapore drives on the left side of the road wrong. <laughs> um, it's it's normally right hand side driving in the car. But they drive on the road on the left-hand side. So right-side drive, but left-side road. Um, but apparently they just keep fucking that up. Um, mm. That's that's the only fact I've got for you. For There are others I've, they're not worth talking about. Um, but yeah, I'll say this much. Um, oh, no, no, I was going to say, there, there are deliberate Matrix uh, homages in, it, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the bit where Agent 47 is going through like a, a scanner... And he's got all these guns. Apparently, it's a deliberate reference to the Matrix. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's yeah. You're right. It's, it's it tries to be several movies, not several movie genres. Let's not let's dispel that idea. No. It, it just no. tries to be several other films. Right. It's like it's like <laughs> they they were putting this film together. They're like, God, this movie sucks. Hey, you know what was a good movie? The Terminator. <laughs> The Terminator was a really good movie. I don't want to remember the Terminator. Let's do that. Uh, I will say this. Um, I think I, I think it was better than the other one. I agree. Yes. Better than the other one. The new I... Agent 47, what's it? Rupert Friend is his name? Yes. Uh, yes, Rupert Friend. Is, is better as Agent 47 than Oliphant. 
and uh, and it, well, the writer of the original Hitman film co-wrote this one. Oh. Which is interesting that, you know, he got to take another crack at it, and he still didn't make, like, a great script. No, no, but he came up... I mean, the thing is, is Hitman is a game about, like, dressing up in funny disguises and poisoning people. And that doesn't make a good film. Well, yeah. I mean, it could, but it would be more effort than a video game-based movie's ever going to put in. Hitman is about uh, uh, assessing an environment, planning a strategy executing that strategy and typically doing so or you're rewarded for doing so in as subtle a fashion as possible mm-hmm. now that of course doesn't mean that's the only way you could do it you could do it like say how the hitman film does it to some extent that's um, normally what happens is i start playing hitman i don't cover hitman because i can't play those games for shit because there are so many options that i invariably always take the wrong ones Uh, So it starts off with me assessing a situation, sneaking about, carefully laying out a plan, and then just stabbing and shooting everything and running. (laughs) And and these, this, the planning, A, just seems kind of silly. Like the extent to which forethought and planning comes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think the thing that really does this film its credit is that it does not try to take itself seriously in the way that the last film did. That is true. That What helps is they did just settle on big, mindless action fest. And it's, and it's self-aware of that mm-hmm. as well within the film at many points. You know, it's, it is like that Matrix scene that you were, you know, that Matrix homage that you were talking about where, you know, he goes through and they see, and he just sort of shrugs. It's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. Like, that, yeah. that's that's what this is <laughs> the the dialogue exchanges in the you know the villain fight are so bad that you can't there's no way anybody heard those words spoken aloud in that configuration and didn't think okay well this is some hacky shit right but they went with it anyway because they're aware that this is a dumb movie and so they're leaning into it a bit, and I respect that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think it's really all that much like Hitman. No, no, no. It's 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 the Terminator. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, right down to, I mean, at one point, Agent 47 is basically uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger from the Terminator 2. Yes. Um. It was interesting for a while. Like I thought, like maybe they were going to try and be clever and have Agent Forty Seven as as the villain. But then I was yeah. like, "That's that's a that's... bit too clever. It's going to be quite clear that Zachary because it's Zachary Quinto or Quinto. Sorry, I, I forget how it's said. Um, I mean, he's in the movie, so he's probably going to turn out to be a villain. Spoiler yeah. warning. I I give them credit for making the Terminator. And, and, or for for using the Terminator and using no my... no 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 give them credit for making the Terminator that's <laughs> a, a Terminator fan film but with fuck you James Cameron work. they made the Terminator <laughs> and they but made no, a Terminator <laughs> I I, cre- I credit them for making the Terminator and using our awareness of the Terminator because they are not subtle about the fact that this is the Terminator down to, and, and you say Terminator 2, 
I'm thinking Terminator 1. You know, this whole introduction is... Oh, Zachary, there's definitely that as well, yeah. Zachary Quinto as the Kyle Reese thing. I kind of want to see a remake of the Terminator with Zachary Quinto as Kyle Reese now. Yeah, he, I, Zachary Quinto, though, they'd have him be like a T-1000 or something. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. No, they, they'd fuck it in the end, but... But that's that setup was so interesting and i they really led me to believe and maybe maybe part of it is just my experience with shitty video game movies it really led me to believe that they were just going to rip off the terminator the whole way through <laughs> <laughs> i do want to talk just before we we you know actually talk about the movie in depth i got to talk about the dialogue yes please do please do i mean i'll give you just a few uh just a few lines from the film. Um, there is a, a no, you're the one who's locked in here with me. Yep. There is one of those. Uh, there is a bit where Agent 47 tells Katya, the the uh, the lady lead, uh, don't put your faith in me, you'll be disappointed. Which, um, again, weird, weird in that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just out of place, it didn't belong there. Scene with uh, Zachary Quinto and uh, Agent 47. Uh I wanna I want you to know I'm a big fan of your work, forty seven. It's an honor to meet a legend, Agent Forty Seven. I thought you could only be a legend after you are dead. John Smith, oh but you are, you just don't know it yet. I don't know what part of that exchange isn't a cliche. Right, yeah. That's oh every time you every bit of dialogue exchange between these two characters in particular. Like they have some filler with other characters that aren't cliches. But when it's these two, it's distilled down. I mean, it's like it's like they took all the cliches, like a big lump of coal, and compressed them down to create a perfect diamond of cliche. And yes. then they used it to filter vodka into a crystal <laughs> skull. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, quite a film, actually. It's, uh, as far as the dialogue goes, it's some of the most, like, cornball shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it is hackneyed to hell. Um, and that's, and that's how I, I, I can't help but think it's intentional. He did what any parent would. He died to save his children. <laughs> now, not only is that a cliche line, it's also painfully untrue. Because I know of at least one person who won't even take a bit of rain on his head for a child. Mm-hmm. Not naming names. <laughs> but it's almost as if... <laughs> and we won't go there today. Um, anyway. Well, should we should we get into it? I guess we should get into it, because otherwise I, I'll just keep... I, I'm going to close the quote screen now that I had open, because it's annoying me to see all of those uh, <laughs> cliches. Like, every single quote on the IMDb quote page isn't like anything iconic it's just a list of things you've heard in other action films that but, that is um yeah that that is that's true i think that that's a pretty fair assessment of of the dialogue in in yeah. agent 47 it's not a terrible film it's no. just very disposable but i suppose we 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 can't dispose of it until we are done talking about it so i guess we we'll crack on talk about it as ever, we begin with voiceover. Hooray! Yeah, I, I, 
it's gotten to the point where when a movie starts with the voiceover, I think of you. <laughs> I see a voiceover explaining everything for the stupid popcorn munching cattle who've all lined up to watch this piece of shit. And I think of you. And, and this is... I, I want... I mean, we've heard a lot of bad voiceover over the years. That and, we have. And, and this one is very bad. Mostly because of the complexity of the situation that it needs to convey. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we learn that the government had been working on a super assassin program and that it was successful in making a line of agents. But its creator... Oh, and that's the other thing. They give us names right away, right? Mm-hmm. And the names are important, and they're setting us up to, to believe that these names are really important. So we get... Uh, Litvenko, which is the name of this creator of this whole agent assassin thing, and he had a crisis of conscience, and he fled and went into hiding. That's uh, then... Katya's dad, right? What? Is he? Yeah. I'm trying to remember the... Yes. Because yes, that... one, him, we've seen him. He was the bad guy in the uh, that second uh, Lara Croft film we watched. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, he uh, also was. Also known as Mance Raider in Game of Thrones. That is correct. I was uh, the the person that stuck out to me um, from from our past, from our our, our checkered history with these. <laughs> was uh, who was it? Oh, uh, Jurgen Prochnow. We get to see our old friend Jurgen Prochnow again. And that makes me happy. But we'll get there. We will um, get there. Yes. In this. It, it, there's subsequent attempts to create this project again, uh, but they keep failing. So they decide to hunt down Litvenko. And there is another guy whose name is given, some French name, I think. It's not important. And the reason it's not important, and I didn't remember it, is that they immediately kill him. <laughs> and and that is that is the problem that's my major issue with this opening voiceover bit is that they make a big deal out of driving home these two names Litvenko and the other guy his his name's repeated like 3 4 times in this uh only to just immediately say oh by the way you know how important we made that seem not important fuck you uh anyway some years later, it's discovered there's a girl who holds the key to Litvenko's location. Okay, so you're going to take us on this leap that this girl's the secret, and there's just... But how? What? Huh? But these two guys are really <laughs> important, so I bet he's going to be like a, an investigator hunting her down the whole movie. Cut to command center. It's a very good voiceover prologue. <laughs> Cut to a command center. <laughs> Where this woman's face is being searched for through all sorts of surveillance databases worldwide. And then pull back on a phone that's monitoring this scene at the command center. So the view that we were shown of For the some reason, center... I thought you were going to say Paul Bearer was in there. And I know for a fact Paul Bearer wasn't in the movie because I watched it. And You'd he, have been paying way more attention if Paul Bearer had been in this. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'd have tabbed right back in if I'd have heard, oh, yes. So the shot of this guy searching for this woman... That camera view, that camera shot, that's actually the camera shot of a surveillance system that the bald hitman is watching on a phone somewhere else. So, confusing, 
over-focused voiceover introduction leading to really confusing series of who's watching who. Yeah. And the funny thing about all of this confusion is it does just turn into such a straightforward, basic fucking action film. Right. That why (laughs) a super, super linear story is being set up here now. Yes. Like this, I can't emphasize how straightforward this film is (laughs) for what they're doing at this beginning part. So, bald dude with the phone uses the phone to hack this entire incredibly complex surveillance apparatus that's in use. And so, this causes people to leave this building, and they all get into fancy sports cars and drive out. But their sports cars get tagged by some kind of remote tracking slash hacking devices. Oh, fuck. That then redirect their computer tablets that they're using to navigate to their next safe house into another trap before then leading them to their safe house. (laughs) Because it's not safe. Because the two people manning the console here are already dead. This is the kind of planning a hitman does. I have a feeling that a hitman was involved here. Sure enough, there's a hitman here, and he kills... Oh, the god, I was right! <laughs> he kills the guards that came in with the guy in charge, leaving him alone to be interrogated as to the location of the woman. Bruce Willis was, was what the whole time? I know! <laughs> so after some nonsense about how the agent doesn't have to kill him to get what he wants, only has to remove parts of him, Ooh. the dude reveals that the woman's in Berlin. And as Another the agent... Another cliche, by the way. Hmm? Another cliche, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I only need parts of you and your databases. As as the agent leaves, dude goes to his armory to get a weapon, but it's already been rigged with an explosive that kills him. And remember, badasses don't look at explosions. Why would you look at an explosion if you're a badass? No, you, you know you it's exploding. Oh, and he knew it was coming. He said it there. You know, yeah. He's unsurprised. He doesn't feel the need to move any further because he even knew the timing of when it was going to go off. And he is at precisely the distance that he would feel no, you know, force from the explosion that occurred yeah. 10 Plus, feet Plus, I, I mean, he's, he's T-800 endoskeleton with protected. Oh, wait, no, this is not Terminator. <laughs> I've got to keep remembering this is not Terminator. Well, we haven't revealed this is Terminator yet, though. That's true. That is true. Like, that's the big twist that's coming up in the first act, is that you're watching Terminator. (laughs) Agent 47 was what the whole time? This explosion also sets off an alarm, and the agent moves through the building, which has a huge lobby with strobe lights, uh, doing the killing with the guns. Yeah. Now... I will say, like, even though there are a few too many quick cuts for my liking, there is some decent action. Like, all the action is decent enough visual, you know. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree with that. I think the choreography of the action is 
uh, has enough effort put towards it that it's not super reliant on the quick cuts. Now, it does, particularly in this scene, use other techniques. That strobe lighting uh, is, is really, in a lot of ways, covering up uh, and distracting your eye. And it's, it, it's exhausting to me personally. Uh, so yeah. I, I got a little worn out on this fight, which is a shame because it's real early in. Uh, this is actually a movie where I had to watch half of it and then stop and go back and watch it again because it just wore me out. I was exhausted. Um, mostly because it's just everything I've ever seen before in a movie, I think is really yeah. why yeah, that is. it is. But, um, and, and heard as well because yeah, yeah, of how fucking cornball the dialogue is. There's really nothing new in this whatsoever. It's just reconfigured yeah. and, a little and bit. Again, don't get me wrong. It's all right. Yeah, it's not incompetently done. I will forgive repetition. Uh, in you know, if uh, execution is is good, and they the do it well enough, just... you just don't need to ever watch it. Yeah, yeah, it's acceptable. It's it. it... We run into a lot of these, uh, or we we rarely, I guess. I was gonna say we run into a lot, but we don't. We run far more into movies that are uh, bad enough to be entertaining in their own way, and this is, if you. Go in for cliches. If you go yeah. in for the stuff that you've seen a million times before and, and, and you're willing to accept the idea that this is completely aware of that in, in its execution of those things because it hits them in just the right ways to be cliches. Yeah, I mean, there are many others you could watch before it. Like, if you want a good, shitty action film, if you're putting this before that movie that I can't remember the name of, but you will easily be able to find because it stars Dean Cain and The Big Show. Oh, like, The Dead or get Alive. Get your priorities oh, wait, no, that right. wasn't Dead or Alive. What was that? Um, we, we haven't covered it here. Oh, okay. Um, although Dean Cain was in a movie called Dead and Deader. That's which, right. Which is technically doable on this show That's... because it was supposed to be a, a follow-up to House of the Dead. Yes, that's right. But, wasn't, but we can do it, and we should do it, because it's amazing. Yeah, that day is coming. No, yeah, you're right. I was thinking of, there was some other wrestler in, in Dead or Alive. Uh, Kevin why. Nash. Kevin Nash, that's right. Kevin Nash was in DOA. But you um, should be watching DOA before this, absolutely. Watch DOA before this, watch that movie with Dean Kane uh, as the good guy, and the big show as the bad guy, because that one is a fucking laugh. Um, that one is just so fucking stupid. In fact, there are many Dean Kane movies you could watch before this if you just want, like, cliche trash. Um, in fact, most of Dean Kane's post-Superman career uh, is worth watching before this. But if you're really looking, you know, if you're if you're out of ideas and you get off on hokey nonsense, hokey derivative silliness, this movie's there. Yeah, you could do a lot worse. And yeah, like, there are worse. more boring executions than this. Yes. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he does all the killing with the guns. Yay. Cut to Singapore, where the head of the syndicate gets news of his team's failure, and he's he's super upset by it. Oh, he's not happy about it. I'll no, tell you he's that much. Very bubbed. Hey, cut to Berlin, where the woman Katya <laughs> is doing some research trying to find Litvenko, oddly unaware of who he is. For a person that she has been searching for for clearly a very long time, there is seemingly very little she knows about him other than where he may have traveled. Yeah, that is true. She she talks about how Oh, well, no, it's no, I'm sorry. It. 
The details are sparse. She knows the specific height and weight, what color his hair was at the time, how old he would have been when he was in Berlin, but doesn't know anything else about him. Doesn't seem to know why she needs to find him. Yes. (laughs) That's pretty weird. Uh, And I don't... I don't know why it was necessary, either. Because the the woman she's asking, like the records clerk or whatever, I think she does specifically ask why she was looking for him or what what he is to her. And she's like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) And it it doesn't serve the plot, I don't think, that she's confused about the why. Why can't she just be looking for her dad? I think, again, it's just... Other movies have had people where it's like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll know what I'm looking for when I find him, that kind of thing. So it was just another sort of cliche, except this one really wasn't wasn't pulled off with the same kind of aplomb they pull off all their other quote-unquote homages. Like, she could know that he is, that she's looking for her father and not understand the implications yeah. of what that means. That's I think they works. were... They were probably just very married to the idea of him being her father, like a twist or whatever. I guess. Yeah. They didn't want to. I guess. They, I mean, that's they, so they kind obvious. Of to save in a film that. that is riddled with self-aware cliche. Why this one? I like to think one person fought really hard for it. <laughs> there was a. I like to think it clearly wasn't because this. In in my fantasy world, there's a lot more thought going on behind this movie. Right. But I like to think someone was like, no, this has this is the twist. Look, I'm, I'm like, sorry. Look, just say I'm it's sorry, fucking dad. This, this is how it has to be. We can't. This is the major defining oh shit moment of the film is finding out that she's her father. You you, you know what was a great movie? The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> I'm telling you, Stan, if we blow it here, if we blow our wad in the first ten minutes, I walk. (laughs) (sighs) So then she rides a bus and watches all the people on the bus who are all in relationships and feels unfulfilled. (laughs) This is a very long scene. I don't know why. Oh, I do know why. Because the film is one hour and 33 minutes in length. (laughs) That's why. Yes. Uh, One of the people on the bus is Zachary Quinto. Quinto. Uh, What's what's the name of the hotel franchise? Uh, Hilton. La Quinta. La Quinta Inn. Yeah. And he seems to be following her. His name in this, though, is John Smith. Yeah, I'm just going to call him Quinto for the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, she goes to a sleazy dude to buy a fake passport, and here's our, our good friend, Jürgen Prochnow. Uh, once again, turning in a fine B-movie performance as a, you know, kind of sleazy purveyor of fake documents. He does. He, you give him a script, he'll do the job. Yep. You can always count on Jürgen. And he he's delivers. Jürgen, and he's got the goods. <laughs> Uh, and then, after arguing for a better fake passport than the one he'd offered her, she heads out and stops for a moment to use her super hearing to identify that someone in a nearby building is being domestically abused and pulls the police alarm. 
Yes. So let's uh, let's sit on that for a minute. Let's let that soak in. <laughs> she has superpowers. Yeah, well, according to Amazon X-Ray, it is uh, quite um, heavily based on Hitman Absolution. Something is it? About a, I don't know. I've not played Absolution. I think I have, but I don't remember any of that. Okay, I gotta now. I have to check and see which one is Absolution, uh, because that's. I mean, I don't think in Hitman Absolution she hears uh, a domestic incident and then no. stops it using uh, magic powers. Yeah, no, no, that, but that's the that's the one that that he's you know protecting the the girl in. Yeah, I mean that is that. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe I didn't finish it. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to question. I'm not going to question Amazon. I'm in no position to. Right. No. Of course not. Um, because. Or IMDb, you know, where they take them all from. Right. Okay. All right. I yeah. I want to give them shit for that, but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, it's it's crap. Uh, she has superpowers. I mean, for fuck's sake. She does have superpowers. And, and and the superpowers that they have in this are very um, convenient, I would say. Very yeah. convenient. The, I mean, I can understand having a greater sense of awareness, but there's some... Um, uh, what's that, that Tom Cruise movie that's based on a much better Philip K. Dick story about the pre-crime? Oh. Oh, I... Can't remember. Uh, she's got that. She's yeah. got that ability. And uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So the uh, the hitman arrives at a hotel in Berlin and begins a computer search for Katya before having a quiet sit down. And then Katya arrives at her own shithole apartment, where she has. Oh, by the way, the the hitmen always stay in really nice places. They really do. Like that doesn't seem necessary. And and it, it's like when I think of Agent Forty Seven in in the games, I think of well the the, the place I think of him hanging out is the uh, uh, the church, you know, hiding mm-hmm. out in the church. That's that's where I think of him being, you know, as like the groundskeeper for a church. Uh, that's but whatever, sure. Swanky the hotel. movies looking all classy and impressive. I guess. Uh. So Katya's got this shithole apartment, and she has a crazy wall. We all know the crazy wall, right? It's the, the crazy wall that's full of, of documents and photos and maps and papers and lines connecting things. Yeah, you'll have seen it in all of the films. Right. <clears throat> and I, I, one thing I will give them credit for in this movie is that when I saw this, and I saw Katya had this on her wall, my first thought, and I don't know why I never think of this before, maybe it's because the context of this character is a little different in that she's clearly been on the move a lot and she's in hiding for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at her having a crazy wall as opposed to many other instances of crazy walls I've seen in films and I think to myself, how does she keep that together if she's always on the move? Like, what a pain in the ass that must be to have to like take down and put back up reorganized every time you move. Mhm. I think what she does 
is uh, she's already put it all together, and then she's uh, covered it in spray varnish, <laughs> sort it in half, and then she just carries two pieces with her. That would... She ever needs to add something else, just like put on some more red string, spray varnish, <laughs> and then it's there. <laughs> that would have been a good strategy. It's not what, what she does. Apparently, it just all sticks together. Because she has to she tears shit off of it later. It's all modular. It all just hangs together really well. I want to know how she actually did it. But it, it folds neatly into a folio-sized thing that she can stick in her bag. It's very impressive. I'm going to frame-by-frame it later to see. You know, but who am I kidding? I can't fold a roadmap. Maybe it's made out of incredibly realistic Duplo bricks. And I deliberately went with Duplo. Because they're the big ones. <laughs> to make a point. <laughs> Hitman wakes up. Oh, she also does a sad and takes pills. Or a pill, because she only has one left in her bottle. And that's seemingly really important, because they show us the pill bottle. Mm. I've seen enough of these movies. Hitman wakes up to the completion of his computer search and a call from his handler, Diana. Hey! Uh, who? I, sh- I didn't... I should have looked up. Did they voice someone... Use someone different to voice Diana than they used for her on camera? Uh, I don't know. Because the voice sounds close to the Diana Burnwood from the games, but I can't tell for sure. And I don't understand why Diana's even seen on camera. Uh, She is a well-known stage actress from Hong Kong, apparently. So I'm guessing for the Asian market. Maybe? I think... I, I just That's the only... Because I don't see a reason to show I mean, that me would Diana. Be the, that would be, God, the most lazy attempt to appeal to the to like the the, the Chinese market and everything is like a few. It's like less than a minute screen time. Yeah. If that if that was the reason, they've got to raise their game. Yeah, that I would I would agree with that, and 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 she's also apparently in uh in in the Independence Day sequel that came oh, out. Oh, haven't seen that yet. I say yet as if I've got immediate plans to. No, uh, yeah, I'm not in a rush, but I I I almost certainly will watch it. If if I still watched normal television, it would be one of those. If it's on TV and I'm scrolling, th- you know. Uh, you know, channel hopping. I'll stick around and maybe watch it. I don't watch TV like that anymore. You know, that is an interesting point. I, I, wonder, I think we I, may have even had this conversation on this very podcast before. I can't remember, though. But I wonder about the effects of the streaming model on the success in, you know, later viewing for films of this nature. Yeah, I think it's probably allowed different types of movies to flourish and other types to perish. I would imagine. Yeah, I would think. I would think it would, but like, new opportunities, new ways to die. Hit, Hitman Forty Seven, Independence Day Resurgence. These are not movies that, like, if I'm viewing a, a list of movies available for me to watch, that I f- I feel like I'm likely to say, yeah, what the fuck. 
Because yeah. there's there's yeah. plenty of other oh what the fuck stuff out there that I know for sure is gonna be better than it, and I'm gonna get more out of. Exactly. You get you line this up next to the Greasy Strangler. I'm gonna watch the Greasy Strangler. Hell which yeah. Which I did. Hell yeah, I'll watch the Greasy Strangler again. It's been ages since I've seen the Greasy Strangler. I'm due a rewatch. Ooh. Hmm. Anyway, but anyway, back to this. Back to this greasy. horrible hitman. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, Diana tells him that there's a syndicate operator in Berlin that's hunting Katya as well, and that the hitman is to eliminate both of his targets. And and this is very specifically written uh, to be a misdirect. That, who cares? Yeah. Again, it's like the the, you know... Cutty uh, not knowing why she's looking for the bloke. Right. It's just there to give us the illusion of depth in the plot. I, admittedly, this is more subtle. Like it's it's a it, the implication of the way it is phrased is that he's supposed to eliminate Zachary Kinto and her. Uh, which that's not the case. I mean, it's half right. Yeah. Um, but. Um, the the way that then like the point at which it becomes uh, the obvious twist, I think. But you're that far along in the movie that this detail could be forgotten. Is 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 the bit of credit that I'm giving them in the execution here. Uh, but other than that, it's yes, it's a semi pointless mystery. Uh, but at least they don't leave it hanging forever. I guess that's something. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I'd have, I'd have if they never have resolved it as quick as they did I'd have probably not made it through the film out of stress <laughs> uh, Katya's in bed but she has a vision of the hitman arriving superpowers so she gets dressed acquires a hidden stack of cash Minority Report that's the movie Minority Report she has oh. a Minority Report moment there we go uh, she's a precog so she she has a minority report. Yeah, she gets a minority report in her head. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> she acquires a hidden stack of cash from inside her mini fridge, and folds up her crazy wall neatly and orderly, and fits it conveniently into her bag before puts leaving. it back in the duplo box. <laughs> leaving to the sub. Yeah, she's just uh, she's ro- strolling down the street with one of those big ass rubbermaids. Mm-hmm. It's real casual. It's real subtle. Um, Very much like this movie. Yeah. Uh, but she made a mistake. Because as we'll learn through the course of dialogue, every dialogue exchange she later has with 47, <laughs> she's sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she she left behind the uh, subway map and her empty pill bottles. So the hitman's totally on to her. Yeah. That's and all in, it takes. In the subway station... Katya steals pills from a woman's purse, which she used her super hearing to detect the presence of, and I guess her <laughs> awareness of the the woman's, you know, like micro expressions to know that she would suffer from a similar kind of anxiety that she does. So she knows that they're antidepressants that she's stealing. 
Ah, everyone knows that antidepressants give off a very unique, like, high-pitched signal that only a, dogs can hear. It's a very specific rattle that they make, that pill case. Yes, it, yeah. Like, she could tell, like, the, the shape and size and get a general... Oh, that's a talipram, okay. <laughs> uh, but she's confronted by, by Zachary Quinto, who tries to buy her a coffee. It's kind of an odd... Hey, I know, I, I know you stole from that woman. You want a coffee? <laughs> Odd. And when he's rejected, normal, he warns her about the hitman coming for them and reveals that he knows about Litvenko. Who's Litvenko? Yeah. She doesn't know who Litvenko is. This is, this is classic pickup artistry, by the way. <laughs> oh, is, yeah, he totally nags her. If you refuse, if, if the coffee is refused, warn them of a the hitman coming. Right, right, and that you know the identity of the person that she, that 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 she has obviously been looking for for a very long yes. time. Yes, yes, um, that is nagging one on one. Regardless of whether or not it's like you know, it's obviously you don't know who your father is. See, that's the implication. Yeah, yeah, and therefore you're lesser in our society because you don't know who your father is. It's the bastard theory. Um, yeah. So he reveals that he knows about Litvenko, but he's got a plan for escape, which he briefly relays. You know, he's like, I've got help. There's some dude with a door open for us. Let's just go there. And then the hitman catches up and pulls his gun. Some shooting happens, mostly from the hitman, who disables Zachary Quinto's gun by shooting it instead of just shooting Zachary Quinto. Makes sense. Sure, why not? I mean... Badass shot, right? Because he here's the thing: he can't shoot you if he doesn't have a gun. That's right. Yeah, he shoots the gun that Zachary Quinto is reaching for on the ground, and he hits the gun and not his hand. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets up to fire, he can't shoot the gun because the gun has been shot. Yeah. So checkmate, atheist. It's <laughs> it's super cool, and yet the. The you want to talk about sloppy? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you not just shooting the guy? You clearly could have shot the guy. Just it's to... not as cool, is it? No, he had to prove that he was better than that other guy, and that's gonna come back to bite him because it sets off a whole competition throughout this whole film and becomes Zachary Quinto's driving force in his quest. Like his entire identity gets wrapped around. The fact that this guy kind of, you know, is such a badass that he can let him live. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, more fighting happens between uh, Zachary Quinto and the hitman on the subway tracks while Katya flees. And uh, the hitman folds flat underneath the train. That's kind of neat. It was a cool little... Uh, the way it was shot and executed was nice. And again, this head-to-head combat, there's definitely some cutaway. Between, but it's not. It's certainly not on a Resident Evil level anywhere no, near no, that. No. It's it's it, it's all right. It's it ain't no John Wick, right? Mm-mm. Like, c- come on. In fact, yeah. as the as I was watching him exit the building and doing the shooting with you know down the stairs in that first scene, my my thought was. I why am I not watching John Wick? <laughs> it was exactly what I thought. Is like that this film could be. 
I, I want to just have John Wick in this role. That's all. Give me a hitman that's John Wick. Yeah, John Wick 47, please. That's That would have been so much easier. Just give me John Wick. Well, not I mean easier for me, not for them, because it would have required them to do a lot more work. Uh, I say easy <laughs> as if I'm the only person that matters, because clearly as the viewer I am. The customer is always right. That's right. That's just that's consumer, that's consumer defense 101. Yeah, damn well is. <laughs> uh, Quinto and Katya get away in that car that's waiting for them, but they don't get too far because the hitman shoots their driver with a pistol from an insane distance. So they're back on foot, and they hoof it to a U.S. embassy where Quinto pulls and fires a gun to get them taken into custody. A U.S. official then talks to Katya, who tries to explain that someone was trying to kill her, but then she senses the hitman, who does the Matrix thing, passing through security with all of his weapons. But the twist, he's just arrested. And I, I, I was surprised. I was legitimately expecting an assault thing. You know, because mm-hmm. this is the fucking Terminator, right? Well, that, that's why this movie is so clever. It subverts our expectations. We just had that whole, like, every, like <laughs> the last 10 minutes was straight Terminator. The whole, mm-hmm. the whole plot of Terminator is pretty much laid out in 10 minutes there. <laughs> they do the whole movie, except for, you know, the industrial sequence. And even then, they do that a bit later. Just, you know, from another angle. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, (laughs) I'm starting to like this movie the more we talk about it. That's not good. (laughs) It's a bad sign. Uh, Oh, don't worry. Soon we're going to get to a bit where he tells someone that he's not locked in with them. They're locked in with him. Right. Yes, Yes, that's correct. Because the U.S. official now has Hitman in an interrogation room with his sniper rifle and other weapons. Why would you bring those into the room? Oh, I know why. Because you need to show them to the audience and explain how unique they are. My bad. <laughs> uh, there's a brief Q&A. Uh, Hitman says that his name is 47, uh, explains that he's an assassin, and then threatens the official's family. So in response, the official loads the sniper rifle with the one bullet that he brought in. <laughs> <laughs> And tries to threaten 47 back. But uh, now, and this is going to shock you. Is it? I oh, dear. I'll make sure I'm nice and sat down. Put but, my glass down. Hold on. So I'm not holding anything. It turns out mm-hmm. that this was all a planned setup by 47. And 47 isn't trapped in the room with the official pointing his own sniper rifle at him. The no? official is trapped in there with him. Bruce Willis was what the whole time? The whole time. Fucking Jesus The whole time. Bruce Willis was Agent 47 the whole time. Oh, my God. I bet something cool happens next. Something incredible. And guess what? This is going to blow your mind. It involves oh slow motion. Oh, my God. I'm, go- I'm about to piss my briefs. I'm about to piss my knickers. Agent 47 suddenly stands up, pulling the chains attaching him to the table, and therefore the table up, oh causing the gun to fire 
because mm-hmm. the guy on the other end of it isn't expecting it and he pulls the trigger. He pulls the trigger. Of course he does. And yeah. this is this is positioned perfectly now for the bullet to go through the Agent chain. Agent 47 knew all of this would happen. All of this, yeah. He knew that, it, you know, he, he positioned himself just right, you see, so that the bullet would then go through the chain and break that, allowing mm-hmm. him to disarm one of the other soldiers in the room, take his gun, uh, subdue him, i.e. kill him, and then shoot the other chain off and it's all very quick that the uh that the tables have turned so to speak or the tables were lifted I mean, yes that be... he's really good he's really good and so an alarm sounds and that cues zachary quinto to make his escape through the interrogation room by jumping through the two-way glass yeah, I don't know if that's possible to do. With I don't glass. know if that's possible to do. He must think, be special. I think you can do it with regular glass. Right. And even then, you're probably going to get proper cut up. But you like would think in a ribbons. facility like this, the two-way mirror glass would be, you know, reinforced in some way. Like, if not bulletproof, at least person-proof. Right. That would be my expectation. Um, Not the case for him. So he grabs a... I guess it wouldn't be as cool if he, like, just flung himself at it and then just landed on his fucking face. <laughs> How crazy would that have Just been? broke his face on the floor. <laughs> he jumps at it, right? I mean, you can still get away with it. It could still work. Like, he dives at it, but it doesn't break. It just does that spider webbing thing. And then the guards come in to deal with him. He could take their guns and, and do the whole But it would be such a great gag. For that yeah. to fail. But, you know, they had to make it cool, so yeah, he, he just burst through, the, yeah. burst through the two-way glass. Uh, so he gets through the glass, he beats down some guards. A liquor did it in Resident Evil 2, so I guess Zachary Quinto can do it. Right. Uh, he finds Katya, and they escape. Uh, 47, dressed as a guard, um, pursues them. He does but, a disguise like in the game. He does a disguise like in the game. And to the film's writer's credit, they even do, uh, and the performance's credit, uh, the director, everybody involved, they got this right. Like, as he's going down the stairs, he does the head tilt down to, you know, disguise himself. Yeah. But he's too close to one of the soldiers, and that alerts him. <laughs> so he has to come and t- talk to him. And then... Nice tray. Yeah, it's it's it, it's well executed. Now I don't understand precisely why he then changes clothes again into the soldier's uniform. So he was probably fine. You know, again, just... it's it's it might be them working a, a bit more clever than we think because in the games, you would just change another costume for the fuck of it. I suppose you would. Yeah, just just for fun. It's like, oh, can I dress up like a soldier now? Uh, yes. Put that on. <laughs> Uh, so he pursues them, but, uh, they get away in a car and, but it doesn't seem like they're really getting away because 47's moving with some purpose up a building. And as they're driving away from the scene, Zachary Quinto reveals to Katya that Litvenko is her father. Jesus shitting Christ. What? Oh, for fuck's sake. And he tells her. Stick my dick in a pumpkin. (laughs) 
he tells her about Litvinenko's successful assassination program and claiming that new programs are making even deadlier assassins, and Litvinenko's is the only one who knows what their weakness would be. Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, she didn't really think about this rationally if she's accepting this explanation, because if they managed to successfully, you know, make more dangerous ones, wouldn't they also probably be aware of what the weaknesses were? Unless there's some... Whatever. Don't overthink it, Katya. It's fine. As they're making their escape, 47's aiming a sniper rifle at the roof of their car... at at their car from the roof of a building, like, many blocks away, shooting between buildings and construction sites and a... a... a mass transit train. (laughs) Because he's that good. He's good at his job. I like. I'll give him that much credit. He's good at his job. And he shoots Katya. Well, how good could he be? He didn't kill her. <gasps> and they get away. Failure. What a disaster. Because we cut to a shower, and Katya's getting cleaned up. No breasts yeah. exposed for our pleasure. This is a uh, PG thirteen, I think. Yeah, it's a classy film. Yep. Um, one thing that does happen is sometimes her wound is there, and sometimes it's not throughout the film. <laughs> of course, it isn't. Um, but she does examine it here, uh, and this is where we see in the mirror that, that she was uh, shot on her arm. Um, and then uh, she goes out to a hotel room where Zachary Quinto's waiting, and they banter for a while about nothing important in an effort to suggest there's going to be some romantic tension between them in a subplot. Yeah. And again, like like this is all still... Available in any basic pickup artist's handbook. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. You should be, like, pretty close to sealing the deal once the hitman has shot her in the arm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fairly... You you might need a wingman for this. You can't guarantee (laughs) that you're going to have a hitman for every scenario available. But, I mean, at the very least, you're going to need to get someone to rig up some two-way mirror glass for you. (laughs) For you to jump through. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but this is this is seems to be they're they're setting up the Kyle Reese Sarah Connor you know yeah. making love moment, and then that that just sort of breaks down because she's way more interested in tracking down her father than fucking Zachary Quinto. That's where he that's where he, he messed up. That's where he messed up. He went too far into the quest. It, he needed to focus more on how it was really important that she have him to survive. That's, yeah, you know, it's where he like if you out. if you read my upcoming book, Bang Your Way Through Singapore, <laughs> then you'll you'll realize that you don't reveal the father plot point until like well past third base. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that, that's how you seal the base. deal. Is that you raise 16th the stakes place, you, the dad thing? Yeah, yeah, because they're all looking then for you dad go see in Man's the end, Raider. really. Bang your way through Singapore, coming out twenty nineteen. It's uh, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big one. Um, I I've I've been looking at the early drafts and I am yeah. I am so excited to get my dick wet. There's a there's a there's a big chapter about making sure you drive on the the left hand sides of the road, <laughs> which this movie doesn't get right. <laughs> well, this is what inspired the book, right? Well, the, yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like. You know, I want to bang, but I want to make sure people are driving on the correct side of the road. <laughs> uh, so, Zachary Quinto tells her that a file that they found said Litvenko had changed Katya somehow, and that seems to unsettle her. Uh, and so then she pulls out her crazy wall and puts it up at the hotel. 
asking Zachary Quinto questions about Litvenko and using the answers to narrow down the places he could be. Because apparently this is the first opportunity she's had to speak to anybody who might have any fucking idea who this person is that she's been looking for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that fucking info clerk lady at the beginning did fucking help. Did fuck bastard. off for her. And she even managed to narrow it down. She's like, look, there's only like 70,000 people this could be in your records. Like, right? Get, 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 get to it. Come on. She You're a civil servant. She did 90% of the work. Yeah. And, and, and actually, that is a pretty significant narrowing when you consider how many records Germans have. That's true. It's a big, it's a big country, right? <laughs> and they love to keep records. They love it. Uh, Good bookkeeping. <laughs> I shouldn't. Do joke. they or not? I, I shouldn't joke. That is my family history. Is a bunch of German bureaucrats keeping records. <laughs> <laughs> they just came over to this country about a hundred years before they got in trouble for it. That's all. That's the only difference. <clears throat> uh, but yes, yeah, so while you're ahead, I guess. Yeah, she learns that uh, Litvenko has stage three cancer, that he likes orchids, that he speaks Tamil. So these are the things that are helping her. And, and she's figured it out, and, she, and, and Quinto wants to know. Uh, but they're interrupted by a phone call at then 47 coming into the room. Who made the phone call? I guess the syndicate? But it's like immediate. Like, he gets the phone call, and he's like, oh, shit, and then the door opens. It is. Because <laughs> that's how good 47 is, I guess. Uh, he shoots Zachary Quinto in the chest and then carries Kaya off in a garment bag after knocking her unconscious. The head of the syndicate is very displeased when he's told by an underling immediately thereafter. Uh, Kaya awakens to the voice of 47, who explains that he chose not to kill her, but that the syndicate will. And he touches her, and she experiences memories of her childhood and a research facility, and her mother getting shot in a car as her family was escaping, and a little 47 running on the road as they drove by. Now, uh, was it uh, uh, telemetry? Not telemetry. That is, uh, that's, that's some, like, uh, uh, navigational thing. Uh, what, what do they, 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 they call it when you, you touch something and, and you have memories? Oh, um, I can't remember. So she has that now, too. I it's guess. a spell. It's a spell in D&D, I know that. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so she's got that psychic power also. Um, great. Going to be useful. Uh, Litvenko eventually, uh, in her memories, left Katya in a drain. And tells it's a her- vampire discipline as well, I think. Sorry, uh, carry on. No, you're right. You're right. It's, 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 uh, it's part of Auspex, isn't it? I think so, yeah, I think it's part of Auspex. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's... I really want to play Vampire now. Thanks for that. Uh, it's been too long. Anyway, so uh, she is uh, having this other memory of Litvenko leaving her on a train, telling her to live. 47 encourages her to find her, or to find Litvenko, and then leaves her, still tied to the chair. <laughs> And oh, yeah, because he stops being the Terminator for a minute and becomes Jigsaw. Right, he becomes Jigsaw briefly. 
left her still tied to this chair to turn on a jet engine <laughs> that is hanging behind her. They are apparently in a jet engine factory. Yeah. It makes jet engines that you can turn on with a, a stage right in front of it so people can get proper sucked up into them. I would assume that this is like the QA room for the engine where they do some sort of final testing before delivery. Like they just let like a load of birds out in there and see how many can go through before it gets clogged up or something. Something like that. Uh, but he says he doesn't have any time to help her or, or explain or anything. So he he rigs up a jigsaw game. <laughs> right. Because he doesn't have time. Right. Well, I guess the suggestion is that he doesn't have time to trade her. And yeah, this so is she's got to trade her by, you know, like instinctive response. One of those, yeah, trial by ordeal things. It's like, um, I, uh, but it's also a little Yoda, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Instead of lifting rocks, she's gonna, you know, untie herself from a chair. She's gonna try and not get sucked into a fucking jet engine. Uh, that's pretty much it. As it comes up to speed. And so she uses her super assassin superpowers to immediately know how to escape the knots and then mm -hmm. calmly does so in a methodical fashion. Uh, this involves going upside down and doing some sort of gymnastics, like, flip. Neat. Uh, and it ends with the chair and her hands still being tied together, but at the legs of the chair. And so the chair gets sucked through, but the ropes come free. It's a, it's a cool looking shot. Like this is one of those things that was derived simply because the shot looked cool. That's fine. Uh, but uh, you know, to their credit, they run with this engine. Like they, this is the other scene where they, I think, really effectively demonstrate the spirit of Hitman, if not re accurately reflecting how it goes. Right? Does that, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Because everything where they show off how badass the Hitman is, for the most part, in this movie is in the now I have to flee segments. As opposed to the, I am going to kill... Because they, they want the the twist to always be that he had this big plan all along, and it's revealed, how awesome is that? And yeah. that runs in contrast to the Hitman mode of play, which is, I have developed this complex strategy for dealing with this scenario, how awesome am I? Mm-hmm. So, kind of... I don't know. I, 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 wish, I wish we'd seen a little more setup, but they at least do make good use of this environment uh, as they are moving to escape it. Uh, 47 tells her to go off her meds and explains that she's a better version of him and that her name is actually not Katja Van Dyke or Van Dees or whatever it is. But it's it's the French for ninety, that I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce. It sounds uh, like that though. Le ninety. Le ninety. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we're just going to call her the 90 for the rest of this. That's great. Oh, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, they then work their way out of this jet engine factories. It becomes populated with syndicate security forces, uh, setting up improbable assassination situations using the environment and her superpowers to violently kill everyone with uh, grinders and pincers. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love this scene. There's a little Wilhelm scream in there at one point yeah, when the guy gets in flipped into a grinder. I like the, the pincers because there's just this big red button and they provide us no real context as to what's going on. <laughs> or her, any context as to what's going on, I don't think, because they can't see what this button connects to. They just know what this button connects to. And then she uses her psychic powers to determine that these bad guys are standing directly in the line of this clamp that will shut when the button is pressed. And she says, do it now. And he does. And they're pressed. It's splump. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good filmmaking. It's some good shit right there. It is so delightfully goofy, I have to say. Uh, Some good fucking shit right there. They're eventually confronted by Zachary Quinto, who's turned out to be still alive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, they, uh 47 and, and him exchange some uh, cheesy dialogue. Yeah, Again. this is that whole, uh, what's it? oh, you are, you're a hero, a legend. Oh, legend. I thought you could only be that if you're dead. Oh, but you don't know you are dead because I'm going to kill you. Oh, I'm special. It's like, yeah, we know, Zach. Yeah. We know. You're, you're very special. Yeah. But he is because, you know, 47 stabs him with a knife and, like, the tip breaks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, he's pretty special, all right. Subdermal armor. <laughs> oh, they finally got that working? I do like that bit. I kind of like that. Oh, I'm starting to oh, like yeah. this movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> Zachary Quinto has 47 on the ropes, but Katya fires a gun at a window separating them. And this is, again, such a cliche. It's like, oh, you missed. No, she didn't. Because it, you know, weakened the window that causes the suction from the jet engine that was part of her test before to break the window and suck uh, the couple of bad guys that are, uh, you know, pinning them down and, and forces 47 and Zachary Quinto to grab onto something, thus creating a scenario that will allow them to escape. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, after some discussion, Katya tells 47 that Litvinenko is in Singapore. Cut to a toaster and a bathtub and a ringing phone. Why not? Someone who sounds and dresses like 47 answers and someone who sounds like Diana says she has a job for them. And if you're going to have a twist, you know, why would you do this? Uh, Zachary Quinto goes back to the hotel room looking for clues as to where Katya is going and immediately figures out it's Singapore, too. Oh, if it was so obvious, what was the problem? And, and you know, how convenient that the syndicate headquarters also happens to be in Singapore. <sighs> Amazing. So arriving in Singapore, 47 dresses like a pilot tells Katya to avoid cameras. This is, you know, more of a testing for her, I guess. She creates a distraction by stopping a baggage belt that allows her to disappear from view as attention is focused on that location and then moves through the populated area, keeping objects and people between her and the view of cameras. This is a pretty fun uh, scene that would fit well in a Oceans film or, you know, something else we've seen a thousand times before, but 
Yeah. It's it's at least done well. Uh, finally reaching the, exorc- the exit, she finds 47 waiting for her in a sports car where, you know, we get the running joke that they're establishing about how, you know, she takes too long to do things because she's not well trained. She's uh, sloppy, you're she, saying. That's the, yeah, the that's big it. problem. She's sloppy. Gifted. Sloppy. They go to a hotel room. Uh, another very, very, very nice hotel room. And they talk a little bit about his tattoo while he sharpens his knives before Oh, yeah, bed. she asked him if it hurt. At which point, I'm thinking, no shit. <laughs> that hurt. Like, that's right on the back of your skull. Did you getting shot in the arm hurt? Uh, That's what I'd have fired back with. Fucking did it hurt. Fucking barcode in the back of your fucking head. Well, now, and he he was too young to remember the barcode, probably, because they do that when you're a child, but they give you the number on the barcode when you're an agent. A fucking number on the back of your head still fucking hurt. It still fucking hurt a lot, you know? And sure, yeah, it's a smaller amount of tattoo, and it's a pretty tiny tattoo. It's still going to fucking hurt. There's no way it doesn't. Um... So Has she, she never reveal- heard of tattoos? <laughs> she reveals to That's fo- the only thing I can... I'm sorry to count... She, she must have never she, heard the, of the, tattoos. The first experience that she has had with the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. All of this research that she's done to Litvenko over the years, uh, this is the first time she's spoken to anybody who has a tattoo. Because yeah. Yeah, she, she stayed she largely what- in the public sector. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, talking with civil service clerks who can't go through files things like that yeah yeah and being able to hear antidepressants in old ladies bags i mean the occasional foray into visiting with an underworld guy who sells passports but you know she always checks to make sure none of them have uh you know come from a disreputable source so she would have never come across tattoos yes it wouldn't happen oh my god that reminds me uh and this is going back a bit but uh, remember, remember the interrogation scene where, you know, you're trapped in here with me. How could I forget? I just realized that there is a like a hanging thread that was in this. The, the official that's interrogating him has a tattoo on his wrist. It's some sort of scroll and text. And mm-hmm. they make a point of showing it in the film and that I don't think it's ever seen again. Huh. I don't know why it's there. Someone who's listening to this should see if it... Yeah, pay attention when you're watching. Maybe we it's didn't. a reference or something. I don't know. I don't know. It's either a reference or maybe they, they put in something later that I just didn't notice because it didn't matter. It didn't seem important. I don't know. So look, look for that, friends, if you watch this movie. Don't watch this Maybe movie. the actor just wanted to show off his new tat. Well, that could be too. Like, I look for excuses to show mine off. <laughs> Who doesn't? <clears throat> so, let's see. Where were we? Oh, right. Uh, Katya reveals to 47 that Livenko is dying of cancer. They're in this hotel room, in case you've forgotten. And, and that he requires an inhaler to breathe and asks about 47's emotional capacity. It starts questioning his humanity. If he can't feel fear or love, uh, he... Sort of shoots back. Well, who do you think you're? Who 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 are you really asking about here? You know, he sort of flips it or back around on her, mm-hmm. uh, and then goes to sleep, sitting up again as he does. Now, I didn't realize he was going to sleep the first time. 
that he did this where he just set his guns down and sat sat there. I thought he was just weird. You know, I thought he just had nothing to do, and so he was being patient. Either way, I think it works. Oh, yeah, I, I do too. But now that I see him sleeping there, you know, and, and it's like made explicit that that's what he's going to do, I, I realize how much me and the hitman have in common. Because <laughs> it was at this point that I, w- I too was sitting in a chair and I was watching Hitman Agent 47 uh, at, this, at this point. That's what was going on in my life. I wasn't in a hotel room. Uh, preparing to make an assault on an international syndicate of armed killers and uh, uh, and, and assassin assassin researchers. That is where you and he tend to like divert. Right. In life. Yeah. That's that's where our divergence lies. But the thing we really had in common is at that time we were both in a seated position, about to lose consciousness. <laughs> And I do this all the time. Like, that, this is not a joke. I do this almost every night. I'm sitting in my chair at my computer watching something, and I fall asleep. Ah. Like, that, that is just how I fall asleep at night. Uh, this is, I think, genetic. My father did mm-hmm. this as well. Uh, he would tend to fall asleep at 8.30 at night and wake up at 4 a.m. I'm more of a 2 a.m., fall asleep in a seated position, wake up at 3 a.m., uh, stumble my way into a bed, and sleep till 9. But uh, everybody's different. Uh, but it all, yeah, you know. Fatties. And, and the hitman, you know, this is his way of doing it. Um, so there you go. Katya decides to go for a swim in the pool that's on their sweets balcony. I did say these were very nice hotel rooms that the hitmen rent. <laughs> Uh, and then decides to disassemble 47's guns. Th- this is something Katya and I have in common, <laughs> actually. Uh, because the, the, one, the one night that I wound up in a room with a gun, and it was just me in the room with the gun, the first thing I did was disassemble and reassemble the gun. Huh. I feel a real connection to these characters right now. Because they're both doing shit that I would do under the circumstances. <laughs> uh, but she's, you know, been doing this uh, uh, disassembly of the gun, and, and and she's really just putting the spring back in uh, when people come to kill them, which they both anticipate because of their assassin superpowers. And so 47 has to has to deal with it by hand. And she comes into the room, and, you know, she's all in a bathrobe, and she explains that, you know, she gets anxious and takes things apart, and so she apologizes. Uh, And so they leave the hotel. And he indicates that these were freelancers, which indicates there's an open contract on them, which suggests that the syndicate knows where they are. So he gives her a knife to defend herself with. And they get into an elevator with a group of tourists. Tells her try to try not to take that apart. Yeah. Yep, tells her not He's to right take that snarky. apart. He's right snarky. Very snotty. A condescending fuck. <laughs> uh, one of these kids is a, a child who needs an inhaler. Hidden, hey, didn't we just hear about an inhaler a scene ago? What amazing coincidence. Wow. And in the elevator, Katya figures out where she went wrong in avoiding the cameras. She missed that one at the exit when they got into the uh, when she got into the car. And so as they're getting out the elevator, 47 is now holding the kid's inhaler. 
which she got in trade for Katya's knife. And Katya's very surprised by this because the knife was in her pocket. How did he do that? He's so good. She's sloppy. It's a, it's a great character dichotomy in that he's really good and she's, like, a bit sloppy. She's just a, she's just very good. <laughs> yeah. And, and has not really earned it in any way. Right. Um... She's not perfect. He's not perfect. No, he makes mistakes. I don't say she isn't. Oh, yeah, no, she's That's a big character flaw. Is is that she's she's not not perfect. perfect. Right. Yeah, otherwise, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so fuck her because she's not perfect. Uh, Syndicate... She took apart his gun, which is exactly the kind of thing that a liberal arts student like her would do. Just sloppy. That's... that's, uh... Terrible mistake. So at Syndicate headquarters, they spotted 47 on camera, and they're on the move. And now, you see, this is a, you know, this is exactly what Kaya did, getting caught on camera, except he very obviously did it. 47 wants them hunting them down. Oh, he ain't going to make no fucking mistake. Because he doesn't. He's perfect. Without the superpowers. And he has tried to express to her that she's better. She's number 90. But he's perfect. Mm-hmm. Kaya visits a botanical garden where she finds Litvenko among the orchids. Oh, mommy, da- mommy, father, or, sorry, mommy, da- daddy, daughter moment. It's very touching. He explains that he left her behind because he didn't want her to be burdened with the fact that he would be hunted for the rest of his life, which is e- exactly what happened. It's a good job. Yeah, kind of biffed it there. They take a walk, and Fango goes further on to explain that his wife had wanted children, but they couldn't have any. So they made Katya. And uh, knowing that the value of a, like, I guess, fully cloned or created human being, like, they don't go into the, the aspects of why this was valuable as opposed to the superpowers that he gave her so she could protect herself. Like, those seem like the thing that would ultimately be valuable, not just, like, a normal person. Do you think that in giving her the tools to protect herself, he endangered her further? I mean, I'd say he drove up the market price. (laughs) Yeah, not a great plan. But, you know, he just makes the people that come up with perfect plans. He's not the guy who makes the perfect (laughs) plans. That's what he's got a cloning facility for. Speaking of, 47 joins them, and Benko says he's ready to die. But Katya says 47's not going to do that, and she's right. A couple of tourists come up behind, though. They're totally down to kill people. So, uh, pulling a, uh, are they holding a baby Bjorn? I think they're holding a baby Bjorn. And they have the gun behind that. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 47 flees with Litvenko and Katya. They find an Audi product placement. And they get caught up to by Quinto. And chasing happens in the parking garage. With bad guys on motorcycles getting knocked off their motorcycles. One after another. And Litvenko in the backseat coughing and hacking. They perform a pretty sick slide through a window in front of Zachary Quinto using Katya's assassin powers. 
and then barely outrun a rising barrier in a uh, in what I'd like to think is a callback to Max Headroom in reverse. Uh, and Zachary Quinto runs into that full force, allowing them to get away. Uh, as they flee into the city, they discuss options. Katya suggests uh, killing the head of the syndicate, but 47 deems that impossible, noting that 14 agents have already tried. Now, they were probably lower-numbered agents, right? I, you know. I would imagine. And and if 47 is perfect and she is 90, how many of the remaining, like, 43 exist? And and how good are they? Like, is it like a bell curve? Did they achieve perfection with 47? Oh, like, he was the peak and then it went down And it again. just gets progressively more sloppy, yeah. And then just a massive spike at 90. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just that as the talent went up, sloppiness went down. As they, uh, yeah. as they gave them more superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's see. The oh, oh, right, yeah. So they're driving, and a hook with a cable hits the hood of the car, and that cables enough to stop the engine, you know, like prevent the engine from having enough uh, energy to break free of the hook and then suddenly a dozen more of these hooks and cables come in from the rooftops that was a cute them. little thing that was cute. all the hooks going into the car yeah it was it was i i don't I, yeah not i don't think it's super unique i'm sure it's been done oh doubtless but but i thought it was well done and not what i was expecting from a being caught you know like you expect a roadblock yeah so you know, uh, some some uh, spike strips or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a nice extravagant little thing. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. And so people are ziplining down these cables, and forty-seven shooting them, and other people are rushing in. Forty-seven shooting them, and Litvenko and Katya flee, but Litvenko gets shot in the leg. Uh, so forty-seven uh, on Litvenko's order calls Ka- uh, pulls Katya off of him. Swapping out Litvenko's inhaler from the one that he got from the kid. Oh, like, oh, fucking, oh, wow. Whoa. I wonder what that's for. Bruce Willis had an inhaler the whole time. The whole time. And uh, then they they leave Litvenko behind to be captured by Zachary Quinto. A very upset Katya threatens to kill 47, but... uh, accurately saying that she's not going to kill him. He then disarms her with an acupuncture needle. Why not? And carries her up. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, At Syndicate headquarters, Zachary Quinto is interrogating Litvenko, uh, which 47 is watching on a computer from another rooftop. He's into every one of their cameras. Everywhere. It's amazing. He's so perfect. Yeah, oh, you know what? Practically I, perfect in every way. You know what I'd like to see, actually? Like, the versus matchup of the century? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 47 versus Alice. Mm-hmm. Damn right. You know, it's the Freddy that versus Jason would, of our age. That movie would never end. <laughs> it would just be a dizzying array of reversals and disarmings and gun-pulling apartings. And and, 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 and and long-term, unrealistically plotted-out strategy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. 
Well, actually, if there is a perfect foil for that, it's Alice, because if there is uh, somebody who's had an enemy with ludicrously long-term plans... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They inject Litvenko uh, with something awful while he's taunting Quinto about how he'll never be as good an agent as 47. But the poison's doing its work, and Litvenko's writhing in pain. Uh, irritated by the lack of progress this is resulting in, the syndicate head decides to take matters into his own hand and leaves his inner sanctum for the first time in nobody knows how long to the astonishment of everybody in his building as he walks past. Uh, and orders everybody out of the interrogation room. Like, how dumb do you have to be? Anyway, he expresses his admiration of Litvenko, but says he's a lot, a lot riding on the success of this program. It tells Litvenko that he can't run from what he created. They do some back and forth threatening of each other until Litvenko expresses that he knows that his life is over. So the guy, whose name is Leclerc? Leclerc, yeah. Uh, Which kept making me laugh because I kept thinking of Allo Allo. <laughs> it is I, Leclerc. <laughs> Leclerc. I even lifted my glasses when I did that, even though no one can see it. <laughs> Leclerc threatens Katja instead, uh, which, you know, that, that would upset Litvenko, I guess. And suddenly, 47's voice comes over a speaker, and he offers to give them Katya, who is in a helicopter outside of their building, which is being remote piloted. And he says that they could get what they need by studying her. Well, it's awfully nice of him. Katya wakes up in the helicopter to discover that she is alone in the helicopter and tied to the yoke. Alone in the helicopter never sold as well as the Alone in the Dark games, even though it was a really interesting spin. It was was quality. Uh, Short. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, limited environments. (laughs) But, you know, I thought Silent Hill really did it well with the room, and uh, I think that, uh, that, that Hitman's doing it well here. Yeah. Uh, she sees Litvenko being carried off through the windows and so you know since she's already tied to the yoke she just flies the helicopter through the window and uh, Leclerc heads back to the safe room uh, along with uh, Zachary Quinto and Litvenko while a fire team heads upstairs to deal with the damage and 47 applied to be hiding among them because he's communicating with the bad guys while we're being showed the back of the head of a fire guy. Nah. I, I, that's fine. I'm not bitching about mm-hmm. that. It's just they're, they're, they're dropping pretense at this point and I kind of appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm not the only one realizing and that's kind of nice too because, uh, after Katya's freed herself from the helicopter and anticipates the approach of security people and uses her superpowers to start disarming them, Zachary Quinto realizes that the fire team has arrived too quickly and that 47 is likely in the building already. And oh my god, he's already in the safe room because he's there when they arrive. Because he's perfect. So fucking good. Uh, Zachary Quinto sends the rest back and fighting happens again. Uh, this is a uh, Again, another not bad hand-to-hand fighting sequence. Sure, it's perfectly acceptable. I have no complaints. It's not amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it ends in uh, the, you know, it ends with 
47, looking like he's in a vulnerable position because he's pinned up against the wall, but he'd actually grabbed his garrote out of his ankle holster, and it's all metal, and so he starts to choke uh, Zachary Quinto with it and then plugs that into a conveniently located uh, damaged panel next to him that has exposed wires and electrocutes him. It's very handy that it was that. It's super convenient. And uh, 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 again, nothing we haven't seen before executed okay. Uh, just a, yeah. Just another yeah. cliche for the cliche pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching from... Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. My mistake. Katya and 47 are reunited. And... No, no, you're welcome to if you want. <laughs> Uh, move, as much as you like. They move through the syndicate building, killing people while a surf rockabilly song plays. <laughs> if nothing else, this might be the high point of the film for me. Because, A, I kind of like surf rockabilly. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like this song. And I like the absurd contrast <laughs> between this movie that very, very clearly... Uh, has a, a, a hard rock, especially like a late 90s, early 2000s hard rock vibe going. Yeah. Uh, but they jump ahead another 10 years for, for uh, you know, rockability to have come back. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciated it. It was That's good stuff. It was nice. Yeah, it's good times. Good times. Uh, so they get up to the roof for a final con- confrontation. Katya and 47 shoot all security bad guys in dramatic style while the helicopter with Leclerc and Litvenko takes off. As Katya's watching the helicopter leave, she doesn't see a guy about to shoot her, and 47 jumps in front of the bullet. Watching from the helicopter, Litvenko sees his daughter, and Leclerc says she'll never be safe and that he'll find her eventually. And Litvenko agrees with this and holds up his inhaler in such a way as to communicate to Leclerc he's fucked. You know, you got that look on your face when you hold up, like, the trigger device of a bomb, but it doesn't look like the trigger device of a bomb. And you'd think the guy would be a little more confused by that, but so you really have to, like, sell the expression that, no, this is a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise it just looks like a... A comically purple inhaler. Yes. I mean, we've all been there. Sure, sure. We've all been in a situation where we need to sell the fact that our inhaler is a bomb because it is, in fact, a bomb. Oh, it's happened to every one of us. (laughs) Uh, He presses down on the pump and the helicopter explodes. Uh, 47 calls Diana and tells her that Leclerc, his primary target, dun, dun, Done is dead. Uh, yeah. But he tosses his phone off the building when asked about the second target. Katya then pulls her gun on him, angry that she was used as a diversion in all of this, her master plan, his master plan to kill Leclerc. And like Venko explains that, oh, this was all put in, portion, in motion to end the agent program and secure Katya's freedom. Dun, dun, dun. And as they walk so towards... So it was also good, as well as... Yeah. Not... Yeah. Yeah. As they walk toward the elevator, the doors open to reveal another agent. 
which we assume is code Dave 48 because those are the last two numbers ending the barcode number that were showed very, very, very slowly on the back of his head. Uh, Probably this, 48, isn't it? Yeah, it's 48. And that was the, the one sent by Diana to kill them. Yeah. Yeah, which in that scene where they, they shouldn't have included that scene at all because this reveal would have been a whole lot more shocking that they were like actually clones or something. Yeah, yeah. That that So, credits. And <laughs> <laughs> then mid-credits, we see Zachary, Zachary Quinto now with white hair from his electrocution. <laughs> and, and boy, that's a look, isn't it? Zach- I, it was weird. <laughs> Him as some sort of fucking White Walker thing, he is like just the last guy I imagined without dark hair. Yeah, like, it's it's unsettling. If I think I, I do not like it with features that you know are appropriate for having anything other than dark hair. Zachary Quinto does not make my list. He only looks like he, a human. With dark it hair. honestly took me a long time to figure out it was him. Right? Yeah. Like, it looked it, 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 so different. It was very difficult to realize that it was him and not, like, one of the guys from The Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> you know? It, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's a trip. And uh, but that that's, that's Hitman, Ancient 47. Yeah, yeah. I like that they the 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 mid credit thing happened like right away, less than a minute into the credits. Did not like, waste time. Yeah, I was jungle pre- had barely even started. I was and so it, it prepared cut. to stop the movie at this point, and I knew there was a mid credit roll, <laughs> like because I I I'd, I'd read the plot summary. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> I mean, they they clearly wanted to set up a sequel. For some reason, they thought that they'd be able to get Zachary Quinto to do this again. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's, I mean, Zachary Quinto... For some reason, Zachary Quinto humored them. It's like, look, you could put, like, waste time putting me all up in that makeup, but it will be a waste of your time. <laughs> he has to have known, or at least I think that would have been his assumption. I think his assumption would have been that, you know, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. I ain't coming back. My career's huge right now because I'm Spock. Yeah. Maybe they were just thinking, ah, we'll, we'll put enough makeup on him that anyone can play his character next time. Well, yes, I think that's one thing is that he is unrecogni- kind of unrecognizable in that. And I think the other thing is that uh, Zachary Quinto might have been pretty wrong about that. I think they could probably get him now. <laughs> if they're ready to do the Agent 47 sequel, Hitman Agent 48. Well, Ocean's yeah. 12 this shit. Hitman v. Hitman. Hitmans. Anyway, that's that film, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. The more I talk about it, uh, and the more I have accepted that this is a film that knows exactly what it is and yeah. and leans into that, um, it is, it, it's far better than the first Hitman, which was a bit po-faced, um, a little overly brooding, uh, despite being absurd. That one was just, yeah, that one was just, uh, This takes the absurdity and says, you know what, you're right, this is silly, let's have some fun with it, and, and does so fine. Now, it doesn't then, as a result, stand out, I think, 
uh, in the canon of bad movies or good movies. It is a perfectly acceptable film, well executed for what it is. Um, I, being that I was placed in a position where I was effectively made to watch it, I have no regrets. Right. Um, if it were on, I realize we just launched into the wrap up section. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even bother with off. the ask. And I've done the music. Right. What did you think of it? Did you like it or not? Yeah, and 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 that's that's just it. I think the more I think about it, the more I I've sort of examined it, the more appreciation I have for what they accomplished, uh, right. in making a very mediocre movie. And there was something you said about one of the scenes or exchanges that I I could have applied to the whole thing. I can't remember exactly what you said, but it was like you know you've seen it all you know it's something you've seen in every other film but it's done competently enough and that's basically the whole film is like nothing you haven't seen before executed well enough yeah and i think i have to i think where i have to give them the credit is that like we have seen so many of these tropes and cliches uh, attempted and executed poorly and this consistently executes pretty well on the things that yeah. that it knows are tropey. You get a sense that they were giving at least some essence of a shit when they made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a, not a massive amount of shit. No, no. But there was some effort to be a decent action flick. Yep, yep. So I it, think it, if, if, uh... there are so many other better films you could watch, but if you are so disastrously bored... This will not offend you. No, and and I I may not even change the channel if it were somehow if I were somehow in an environment where it were on. Yeah, like a hotel. Right. In your hotel room where you actually have, have limited TV. options. Yeah, because the Wi-Fi sucks, and you won't be able to pull down anything decent from Netflix. And so yes, you're stuck to the hotel uh, choices in whatever weird city you happen to be in because you're traveling for business and yeah. uh, and they happen to have HBO 6 and this happens to mm-hmm. be airing. That's it. If you're in that one specific instance, <laughs> you could do so much worse than yeah. Agent 47. Yeah, just stop there if you're in that scenario. Like, and yeah. flip it channels. You can stop here and it's going to be okay. Yeah. You don't need to gamble further. Yeah, you could do better, but you could do worse. Absolutely, so, can like, do worse. that is safe. Yeah. 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 What are we doing next time, Jim? Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Whoa. Gotta go. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Now, I'm not going to be the one to tell you you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, but it's got like seven and a half million views, so and it's everyone it's knows it's there. Probably. I mean, I guess. You could you could buy it on DVD. You can get it on DVD. Yeah, let let us advocate a legal way for seeing it. Well, they haven't even taken it down. I don't think anyone gives a shit. Um, the DVD was released in nineteen ninety fucking nine. Um, so anyway, we're doing the Sonic the Hedgehog the movie. Uh, this was an OVA or over uh, that was uh, released in nineteen ninety six but translated into, well, dubbed into English in 1999. And the one we'll be looking at is the 1999 English dub. So there you go. Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, uh, 1999 slash 1996. 
So that'd be fun. It's only it's less than an hour, so oh, that'd be an easy job. Thank God. Yeah, it, it'll only take us what, like ninety ninety eight minutes to talk about. Give or take, yeah. Although to our yeah. credit, we are pretty close to the running time of the movie on this one. Well, this one was a lot of shooting. That's true. It's like the more shooting there is, the shorter our podcast are. Because <laughs> so much of it can be described with a sweeping fighting happens. Yep. It's a handy tool. It is. And that'll it. That'll it. That'll it. That'll it. I don't know why I said that three times in a row. That'll do it uh, for us today, I think. Yeah. I, that's that's over 47. Um, if you like, you can listen to more of our podcastery uh, at fistshark.com. Do an improv comedy podcast about a marketing firm. Uh, look that up on iTunes as well, Fist Shark Marketing. You can follow Conrad on Twitter, at Conrad Zimmerman, all one word there. And that'll do it. We'll see you uh, two weeks from now, fortnight, uh, if you're listening to this when it goes out, for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie from 1996 slash 99. See you later. Bye. Bye. All right.